What is up everyone? This is Bo. Bobby and I have been making a lot of content for y'all. We've actually been branching out into a video format as well. And because of that, we've run into a couple more technical difficulties. Just as we got the audio working for the main podcast, uh, this video software that we're using sometimes creates a little choppy uh, audio. And that's what happened last night. We created this fantastic pulmonology podcast for y'all. But ultimately, we can't use it as of this morning when we were editing it. It just did not come through for whatever reason. So we're going to reassess and we're going to rerun it. And hopefully it's going to be just as high yield and we'll find a way to make it just as funny because it was a funny episode. But until then, here's a fantastic review of some of the most high yield EKGs that you'll find for any step exam, but particularly for the step two exam. Now, Bobby and I did an EKG video series that you can find on our YouTube channel. It's just buzzwords met on YouTube. But today, what we're going to do is as follows. I'm going to describe some EKGs. I'm going to give you time to answer it wherever you may be. If you're driving in the car, if you're at school, if you're at home, you'll have a couple seconds to think about the answer. And then we'll review what the best choice is and we'll move forward from there. And if you have any questions afterwards, first, you're always welcome to reach out to us. We love talking to you. We actually just spoke to a listener earlier today. Two, you can always check out the YouTube video that we just made because all the EKGs I'm about to share with you are on that YouTube video to visually see if need be. But without further ado, let's get started. The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink. It'll bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. Why is the rum always gone? It's sort of an oaky afterbirth. Who wants to be for enjoying his whiskey? What was that? Now that's high yield. Cheers. <sighs> Buzzwords. All right, so today we have a woman come in. She has some chest pain. You get an EKG, and everything looks okay, but you see some ST elevation. Not in all leads, particularly in three leads. Leads two, three, and AVF. When you see ST elevation in those three particular leads, where is the infarct location? If you said inferior wall, you would be correct, because these are the inferior leads. So my next question for you is, which coronary artery is involved? If you said the right coronary artery, you would be correct. For the most part, and especially for the step two exam, inferior wall infarcts signify RCA, or right coronary artery involvement. And so what node is particularly susceptible during an RCA infarct? That's right, the AV node. So a lot of these people can present with heart block. That's fantastic. So. Myocardial infarction is a common reason that you'll see ST elevation in real life and on the boards. Can you name any other reasons for ST elevation on EKG now? I'll give you five seconds. Okay, so if you said bundle branch block, particularly left bundle branch block, you'd be correct. We have a fantastic image that you can burn into your brain from our YouTube video. It's hard to describe here, but classically bundle branch block, you'll have the deep S waves in V1, V2, V3 that loop up to ST elevation. It's a very classic picture. It's called the Brugada sign. It's something you should cement in your memory because left bundle branch is quite a significant finding. Other reasons include pericarditis. So you have a patient come in, they have some chest pain, maybe they had a flu symptoms a couple weeks ago, and they have this pain that's in their chest. It hurts more when they deeply breathe or when they lay down. It's improved when they lean forward. You get an EKG and you're going to see what? That's right, ST elevation, maybe in all leads. And what about the PR? What would the PR interval be doing? 
That's right. So the PR interval is actually lower. The ST interval is actually higher. So you get this interesting PR depression and ST elevation. Fantastic. And that was pericarditis. And then the final reason that I have for ST elevation that I think is high yield for the step exam is ventricular aneurysm. And so this is a scary finding, typically in the setting of recent myocardial infarction. So someone has an MI, a couple weeks pass, they start getting more short of breath. You get an EKG again, you see ST elevation throughout the EKG. That's not a fulminant MI, but rather likely ventricular aneurysm. So don't forget about that one. That one's a little sneaky. Now we're going to move from ST elevation and we're going to go to blocks. So heart blocks are a big subject. We have first degree heart block, which is just extension of the PR interval greater than 200 milliseconds. So that one's pretty classic. We have Mobitz type 1. And remind me, what is the key finding in Mobitz type 1? Right. The PR interval slowly prolongs, 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 and then drops a QRS beat. And that's because the AV node just gets exhausted. And what about Mobitz type 2? Where's the pathology there? Right. Mobitz type 2 is usually a failure of conduction at the level of the His Purkinje system. And I say that because that's how I remember how to differentiate Mobitz 1 and Mobitz 2, right? Mobitz 1 is a functional suppression of the AV conduction. So it could be reversible ischemia, drugs, whatever it may be, causes structural damage to the conducting system and therefore causes this kind of exhaustion where it goes a little longer, a little longer, a little longer, and then drops. Unlike Mobitz type 1, which is a progressive fatigue of the AV node, you have Mobitz type 2, which is kind of an all or nothing phenomenon where the Purkinje system suddenly and unexpectedly fail to conduct a supraventricular impulse. So you have the P waves, the P waves, the P waves, and they're conducting QRS complexes without any problems. And all of a sudden you get P wave without QRS, P wave without QRS. And all of a sudden you have couplings of P waves and QRS in certain places and only P waves in other places. And it looks really strange on an EKG. And those are great signs that this is a Mobitz type 2, where you see some conduction, where it's not like a complete heart block where everything is just in disarray and nothing makes sense anymore. You see some conduction, but then all of a sudden, nothing. So that's a great, great way to remember Mobitz type 2. And remember the PR interval in Mobitz type 2 is always constant. Fantastic. And what do we do for these patients with Mobitz type 2? Is it a problem or can they go home? It is a problem. It's more likely to lead to complete heart block. And therefore, these patients actually do need a pacemaker. The risk of asystole, I looked it up, is around 35% per year. So finally, the most dreaded heart block is a complete heart block. This is pretty classic, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But the way I remember and think about complete heart block is this. One, the P waves. The P waves can be anywhere. There is no rhyme or reason. They could be in the QRS complex. They could be in the T wave. Because of that, if you're seeing an EKG and there's all these lumps and bumps and places that really just don't make sense, think about complete heart block. And then what about the QRS complexes? Are those going to be coupled, sporadic, regular rhythm? Like, what's the QRS going to be like? Right. If this is a complete heart block, the ventricles are running at their own beat. And therefore, in theory, the QRS complexes should be regular. They'll be slow. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be 100 beats per minute. They're not even going to often be 60 beats per minute. The ventricles beat much slower. So they'll be slow, but they will be regular. The P waves are no longer controlling when these QRS complexes beat. So you might have 100 P waves within a strip, but then very regular, you know, regimented QRS complexes. So for complete heart block, just think about erratic P waves and actually very regimented QRS complexes. And you won't mix it up with Mobitz type 2, because Mobitz type 2, the QRS complexes are hit or miss, because sometimes they're conducted with the P waves, sometimes they're not. All right, if I described a rhythm to you, let's see if you can get it. We have an erratic background, no clear P waves, irregular QRS rhythm. What are you thinking about? Well, if you said atrial fibrillation, you would be correct. So 
classically, irregularly, irregular. Really no P waves that can be discerned throughout the strip. Sometimes it might seem like there are some P waves, but really make sure that the P waves are exactly the same place, the same size, all that good stuff. If not, you can still call it atrial fibrillation. And like I said, irregularly irregular. So the QRS complexes come every which way. So if someone came in, I'm going to give you a case. Someone came in, she's a 68-year-old female with a history of diabetes. And she was recently treated for a UTI and she broke out into atrial fibrillation. What do we do for this lady? Do we just watch her? Do we give her some aspirin? Or do we start her on full dose anticoagulation? Now, this would be a really hard question to answer right on the spot. So I'll tell you this. The score you need to know is the CHATS2 VAST score. So CHF, hypertension, age, diabetes, stroke, vascular disease, age again, this time a little higher, such as 75 or plus, and sex, as in female. These are all aspects of the CHATS2 VAST score that will give you a point. The two that are most important are age greater than 75 and prior stroke. Those are both worth two points rather than one. And so let's say someone comes in and they have no risk factors. Their CHATS2 VAST score would be zero, and therefore they can either have conservative management, maybe an aspirin. But let's say a lady like this comes in who is 68. So all of a sudden she gets a point for age because 65 to 74, you get one point. 75 plus, you get two points. So she has one point for age. She has one point for sex. She's a female. And she gets one point for being a diabetic. So all of a sudden she has three points. And therefore she would be put on full dose anticoagulation. Classically, warfarin nowadays could be a NOAC. Who knows? That's not going to be important for the test. What's going to be important is to understand the chats do best score, to understand where you give points, and if this person needs further care. I even had a question on my uh, step exam that said which aspect of this patient's history is most important to decide if you're going to anticoagulate her, and the answer was her prior stroke, and that's because you have to remember the chassis vast score has one point for some things, two points for others. The stroke just happened to be the one trait in her history that would be worth two points, and therefore that was the answer. So the question was solely based off knowing the chassis two vast score. All right, and then our last EKG, this one Bobby gives me on the YouTube channel. He asked me what's going on, and there's nothing. It's just a flat line. And so the teaching point here is this is asystole. So let's say you had a patient come in into the ED or on your board exam and they don't have a rhythm. What are you going to do? Right, you're going to do ACLS protocols, but are you going to shock them? No, and why not? That's right, you only shock certain rhythms, such as ventricular fibrillation and ventricular tachycardia that's pulseless. So in this case, they're asystole. So you do chest compressions, you can even push epinephrine, but ACLS protocols, you will not shock them and you will not give them amiodarone. So that's the teaching point there. All right, guys, that is it for today's quick, brief EKG review. There's much more to know about EKGs, but we thought this was a good start for the foundation and for some of what we think are the most high-yield points for the STEP exam. Until next time, have a fantastic day and a great rest of your week. Bye-bye now.